All right, we are live. Episode eight of Scorch the Fears. I got Kevin. I got Juan here. I'm gonna figure out a way to make it where we're looking good. This is probably the best way to do it. Um, if you're on Instagram Live, I'd suggest going to YouTube because YouTube will like not be reverbing. Instagram Live will be reverbing. There's the link. That's what I recommend. If you're on Instagram Live, you know, deal with your life because we're gonna be looking at this screen. But my guys, how are you guys doing? Great. What's up, Jonah? Thanks for having Great. us. Dude, I'm so glad you guys are on this. That makes me so happy. Like you guys, you guys, I remember were probably the first people in the Bay Area who were um, just like, hey, we should get we should get lunch. We should hang out. We should like actually get to know each other. So we make like a really good business relationship. And I mean, now we're doing like a flip together. We're pro- we're planning to do more. We got that wholesale deal. It's looking good. Like I I love it. Um. So first off, tell me. Start with like, how do you guys know each other? How did your two business relationships start? Yeah, I can go. Uh, so prior to getting involved in real estate at all, um, I was a part of a marketing company. And through that, we would do a lot of prospecting. Um, so I would actually go to like three plus events a week. Um, I would just jump on Eventbrite or meetup.com and I would look for events that would interest me. And I would go to like these real estate investor uh, meetups and, um, you know, learning more about how to get involved in real estate. And I actually met a good friend of mine now um, that was actually doing a flip in Redwood City. And I ended up going check. Uh, going to check out one of his projects and then kevin was actually there as well and they were talking about an opportunity and then we connected over instagram and yeah we kind of just hit it off from there i love it and then now you one do you own the brokerage with kevin Uh, i'm a partner Mm -hmm. okay nice so guys just to introduce him they both own they both own a brokerage they both are doing flips. They're both doing Airbnbs, which is just insane. Like, how how long have you guys known each other? Less than three years. Less than three years. And they own a brokerage. How many Airbnbs? Uh, we have seven homes right now uh, that we have listed in the Bay, Bay Area. Area homes. Mm-hmm. Bay Area, yeah. These are Bay Areas, guys. We're dealing with like million plus home, million dollar plus homes. Yeah. Insane. I love it. So how, I'll start with you, Kevin. How did you get into real estate in general? Um, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 18, I would say, right? You know, a lot of startups, co-founded a bunch of companies, did multi-level marketing. And I think it was just more like a challenge for me, like doing sales. Like, you know, I, I, give me a second. It's echoey over here. I don't know where it is. It's a little bit echoey sometimes, but yeah, we can yeah. do it where... If it's too much echo for you guys, you can just leave the live. The live is like the kind of thing I'm trying to figure out technically. I wish this just streamed the live. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Let me uh, give you a second. Okay. Go for All it. right. It's good now. Okay. Yeah. So I've been an entrepreneur since I was 18, I would say, right? Dropped out of college. And uh, I think like doing a series of like, you know, selling different things from knives to vitamins to shoes to cars to, cell phones to banking i think like <laughs> i think it all tied into like okay i need to do something more challenging where i feel good about 
something when you accomplish when you accomplish it and i think it's real estate right yeah the largest investment most people make and most expensive investment most people make in their life and you want to be a part of it and so i gave it a stab at the age of 27 and fell in love with it so i dropped most of my previous ventures and uh, transitioned those into real estate as well into like developing nice. investments so it's all you know tied into like one thing i really want to focus and be really good at yeah nice so was it rich dad poor dad like what what even made turned you on to real estate or what like made you even look at it in the beginning i think it's a i think it's a calling i would say it's not yeah. like, uh, you know like I, I think it's just a calling overall, like trying to figure out what to do. Well, prior, prior to me getting my real estate, I, uh, I tried taking the serious exams to be a financial advisor. And, uh, right. and I realized it wasn't for me. Yeah. Right. That's what real I, estate is way more fun and you make way more money. And I had no other option. I feel like real estate is the one. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Juan? Uh, I think that real estate was always... I mean, I did read, read Rich Dad Poor Dad. That was the first book that I ever read in personal finance, personal development. And I just realized that, you know, there's a game, right? That it talks about how you can be on the right side of the quadrant or on the left side and being able to build a business that eventually can pay you or have real estate or even stock portfolio, et cetera. Something that can multiply without you trading your time for was something that was always intriguing for me. I think the biggest challenge for me was, you know, growing up and having um, a mentality of like coming from not much and not knowing that it doesn't actually have to take that much to get into real estate was always the barrier. So in 2018, I uh, started manage Air managing Airbnb properties, which is how I kind of got dabbled in and introduced to um, the, the area of real estate and yeah, prior to 2020, I was running operations for uh, about 100 Airbnb listings here in the Bay Area um, across a few partners. So I would partner with people. I would run their operations. They would either own the home or they would lease the property to um, the rental arbitrage model. And that's actually how uh, I got introduced kind of to the space. And then um, Kevin and I collaborated and built a, a operations company um, ourselves together. And that's how we got kind of, you know, dialed in together in real estate. I love it. So a lot of times, I've, have you guys ever read Rocket Fuel? Have you guys ever heard of that book? I've heard of it, but okay. I haven't. I've heard of it. I have not read it. Yeah. Okay. So how does your guys' partnership work? Like with you, a lot of times when I think of like partnerships and it's, a, and you guys don't have to follow this necessarily. I think of like, like kind of like Steve Jobs and then Steve Wozniak, like coming to somebody who's more like CEO and a little bit more COO, like in the sense of like somebody who's more like operations guy versus somebody who's more, um, you know, visionary guy. That's kind of what the whole book is about, about how those two make like insanely good business partners. Do you guys feel like you follow that model or do you guys more just both visionaries or both integrators or how, what do you guys think? How do you guys partnership work? Uh, I can answer that. You got a cool one? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so when we started Kinetic Real Estate, right, obviously it was like, you know, one wasn't in the picture yet, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of trials and errors building the company, blah, 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 right? Well, first of all, first year in Kinetic Real Estate, it was all sales, right? It was two sales agents and one admin and me. 
So first year, it was just like gung-ho, let's sell some properties, slang some properties, left and right, blah, blah, blah. You know, like go to listing appointments, buyers, showing homes, open houses, right? Marketing. And, uh, and you know, we did we did decent, right? Helped 82 families. It's like, okay, it's uh, pretty good, you know, uh, for that, you know, small of a team, right? And within that time, you know, we, we brought on like a couple of other people as well, right? Who are still with us in the company. And second year, which was last year, 2021, that was the second full year of Kinetic now, right? Starting in a, I think it was a calling again, right? As a, you know, what you said about being a visionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a calling on me in January. Like, you know what? I think we can expand this company. So let's give it a shot, you know? So I started structuring the company a little bit, right? Something I'm not really like my expertise, right? So while being a visionary, I was also integrating things at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. And when it hit like around March, April, you know, like that's when I ha- we hired like a business coach, right? And after that, uh, I don't know. I what does the business coach do? Business coach teaches uh, how to, you know, she only coaches a CEO, CEOs, right? And uh, scale the business basically. Okay. Scale the business on how to make ten figures, but nice. uh, in a in a company, right? And. And I think it was just like what you know, and as you search for things, right? As you as you know what your vision and what you're looking for, you started seeing the gaps and what you're missing. And uh, and me and Juan went to like this really expensive training in Arizona, uh, just how to scale a business, basically, right? Nice. With uh, Grant Cardone or um, what's his name, uh, Brandon Dawson. Nice. It's a training, really expensive. <laughs> you don't yeah, want to know. Bet. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, that down payment of a house, basically um just to go to that type of training right so and from there like i was able to convince one with my vision i would say <laughs> i was telling him like come on dude you'd be good at this you know even though you don't have a sales uh real estate license i can see that he's a great partner that will that truly cares about people and the company and we you know and we collaborated together okay he oh, finally right. dropped his uh really big uh you know, opportunity that he has. Matter of fact, uh, if I can disclose this one, um, you know, he, he was offered to become a CEO of a company. Nice. And uh, he dropped out also to be with us, right? Nice. With Kinetic. And shortly after that, uh, we I asked him to become president of the company. So in a way that, I, you know, visionary needs an integrator, basically, right? Uh, without integrator, there's no. How can you? It's just really hard. Yeah, Actually, no, I agree. yeah. You need those two things, and I would say one is more of like an in, you know integrator. But at the same time, me as a you know as a CEO, I kind of step down to that as well. One is kind of like doing the same thing now as me, kind of doing like the big roles and stuff, right? Because you know, one told me to become a sales director for the company now, or directing sales now. It's like you know, not gonna question it. I'm just gonna do it. He's the integrator. Right. Because once the vision is there, that's it. Like, you know, now we have to make that vision happen, whatever it is. Yeah. So one asked me, you should do direct sales. I was like, okay, let's do it. Well, you're also partners, right? Like, even if somebody's a visionary versus an integrator, those were the two terms I was curious if you knew about. I think that's from Rocket Fuel. But it, I was just curious which of you, you guys consider more of. Uh, one would be more of an integrator. Yeah, which is, yeah, which is dope, which is like how you build incredibly quick, like build businesses incredibly quickly. Like everybody that I've known who really clicks have that, that combo duo. Yeah, um, definitely need that. Yeah. So, you know, we're, 
having the right people in the right seats. We're, we're, we're learning that, you know, we, we have seven uh, people in our leadership group, kind of like the core members. And now uh, we kind of switch up our roles, you know, one's like, you know, you're good at this, you're good at that, you know, you should do this, you should do that. And, and it's working. I was like, holy yeah. shit, you know, nice. and I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have thought of that, you know, because me, I'm just like, I just think of like, that's, I just see the light at the end of the tunnel, but the process and the gaps, somebody needs to fill that in. Yeah. Visionary and integrator. That's what it yeah. is. Like 100%. I love it. That's pretty awesome. Like, honestly, like that's one of the things I've been thinking about is like, how, how do I get to the next step? Cause I'm more like you, Kevin, I'm more visionary than integrator. Um, and you need both. It's like super, um, it's super important. I'm curious just for my own sake. So I know you were talking about how you guys met, but I know you didn't instantly become partners. How, what did the quote unquote, like dating process look like while you were like, did you uh, beat some deals? Did you get like, how did you start like testing out whether it would be a good relationship or not? This is going to sound so millennial, um, but <laughs> I, I straight up just DM Kevin on Instagram. Like, yeah. It is, um, yeah, it's funny that you say that because we were thinking about this recently. We were like, dude, how did you win? Like, you know, end up here, you know? And um, we just followed each other on Instagram after we met for the first time. And then I DM'd uh, Kevin and I was just like, hey, bro, let's meet. Uh, let's see if we can do something together. And when we first sat down, we pretty much were talking about uh, building uh, Airbnb operations together and, you know, being able to launch properties here in the Bay Area. That was like my expertise at the time. And then Kevin was like, oh, I've been thinking about doing that for the last like two years and uh, never really found the right person to do it with. And yeah, and then we kind of went on a journey to search for our first property um, to be able to launch on Airbnb. And that's how kind of we kicked it off. And it actually took a property on Airbnb to Airbnb to to Airbnb. Yeah, actually, I think that was probably like in the summer and it took us a while. It took us a while to find our first property. Um, I think it wasn't until like November. So, I mean, we were looking, but I mean, he was running his sales company. I was running my operations at the same time. So we were like open in conversation, but it wasn't, um, you know, it didn't really happen like right away. But in between that, I mean, we would get, you know, like we were still getting to know each other, et cetera. And then I think that in November, uh, we ended up finding our first property. This is in 2000, I think like 19, actually, uh, 2019. And, um, and yeah, and that's what we started with. And it's crazy because we actually uh, launched, you know, in 2019 and then we started getting a few properties and we started you know growing and COVID hit uh you know uh march 2020 came around yeah what happened with that with airbnbs what 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 were you feeling like yeah so actually that was that that's actually how we really got to know each other in my opinion is that we saw how we like went through that season uh how we operated during that season so something that i learned is like you you truly find out someone's character when there's too much success right or things are going south right or in other words you find out someone's true character when there's too much money or not enough money right so pretty much in uh when march 2020 hit uh for those of you that are familiar with airbnb they pretty much canceled all reservations and refunded every single guest 100%. Damn. So the host was pretty much given the short end of the stick. And we were 
given the task to figure out what to do, right? I mean, at this point, we were doing the rental arbitrage model. You're familiar with that. We were leasing properties, furnishing them, putting them on our Airbnb, uh, paying the rent, and then taking the profit, right? Which was doing really, really well uh, before COVID. But when COVID hit, because all reservations were refunded, we pretty much carried the overhead and we had all of these homeowners that we had promised that we were going to pay the rent and we, you know, didn't have any guests or any reservations. So at that time, this was, I think, beginning of like, I think around summertime of 2020 when COVID was still like very new pandemic shelter in place in California was incredibly um, strict. So we sat down, Kevin and I sat down and we were like, okay, we have, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a month in overhead. How do we, how do we cover this? Right. Without having to default on any of our homeowners that we promised that we were going to pay the rent. So we thought, Hey, what if we wholesale houses or uh, flip some property? We've been thinking about doing this for a while. Like let's give it a shot. Right. So we actually, uh, the same day that we had this idea, we called one of our friends and he actually jumped here on the live earlier. Uh, I'm not sure he's on right now, but uh, he's um, he's a wholesaler here in the Bay Area. His name's Jonathan Tang. And we gave him a call and we said, hey, Jonathan, uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, California uh, cash buyer, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so we gave him a call and we were like, hey, we're thinking about wholesaling or flipping some houses. Um, how do we start, Right. And he said, let's meet up, you know, so we literally met up with him, I think the same week or the following week. And long story short, we pretty much found our first property to flip within our first three weeks of mm -hmm. saying that we were going to, you know, do that. And I think that there's a lesson that I learned there is that I've had this thought about wholesaling, about flipping homes, about all these different things. And it was always a great idea, but there was never a reason to go do it now until we had all this overhead and then we had to figure out how to come up with like a bigger, you know, lump sum of cash. And that's kind of how we tripped into um, flipping houses and wholesaling properties. Yeah, not to mention the pressure that it took us and uh, my other venture, uh, we're down six figures, man, because we have 30 plus employees, dude. Right. Yeah. So just imagine like the pressure it brought, like they really like, yeah, that shit brought the best, like, you know, the craziest out of me. Like, so that's what I really wanted to get into. I told you guys this earlier that a lot of this podcast, I mean, it's called Scorch the Fears, right? So the whole real point of it is to really talk and really get into, like, how does one get through dealing with pressure, for instance? Or, like, like I'm going to start with that and, like, getting into kind of mindset stuff you need to get into there. How does one deal with pressure? It's like, okay, we have overhead of 10K, you know, the world's ending, what do you do? Like, how do you, how do you deal with all of the, whatever anxiety, fear, whatever you want to call it? Um, I think one can ba better answer this. So I'm gonna start. Uh, I just think that just remember why you're doing what you're doing is one. Uh, just, just remember why you're doing it, right? Uh, everybody has their why, right? What is your, you know, like, why could be like, you know, I think you divide that into two, right? In two segments, your why. There's like a painful why and, um, and uh, what do you call that? Pleasure why, okay? Pleasure why is simple as like, I want a Lamborghini. I want to own 100 homes. Uh, I want an Aventador. I want like, you know, like I want a mansion, right? 
So it's like something that you want, that you want to achieve. That's what gives you energy to keep going, right? But you also need that painful why. You need it, actually, not one. You need to have that where it's like, if I don't do this, my family will be broke. I'm going to lose my house. Right. My kids uh, wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to feed my kids. I wouldn't be able to, you know, to do things for my parents. You need to have those two things, right? Ple- pleasure and emotional why. And I think like when it comes to pressure, uh, the painful why really, you know, it's really like that's something that you really need to develop and like what's going to get you up from bed because it's hard to get up in bed when, when shit hits the fan. Let's be real. When it's, when you're stressed out, like when like, there's so much things going on and you're like, I have to pay, I have to like, I have to sell something. We have to sell a house or we have to do something to pay our employees or some, for example, our office. If we're not just talking like, you know, five figures that, you know, we're like, we're talking six, dude. Like, like that's a lot for us, you know, and considering we all came from nothing, like that's the money you worked hard for. So now it's like, it's game on. Like, what is your why? And like, you know, to be honest with you, I almost gave up on one of them. Damn. Like gave up, dude. Like. But you know what? We just kept going. But that's a, it's a painful ride that really brought me up. Yeah. But that's the pressure, you know. Diamond are you know, diamonds are created under you know pressure. There's True. no pressure. There's no diamonds, right? True. Everybody needs that pressure in life. Like, like you can't be relaxed and making things happen. There's there's no such thing. And uh, another thing to, I want to bring up too, like, you can't really plan everything and execute it. You know. Like there's no such thing as like fully planning things and executing it. Sometimes you just gotta do it. You just gotta. It never goes according to plan. Ever. Good. Not ever. Not a, anything you do in life. It just never will. If it's it will never. You know, like you know, like everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, right? Remember right. Carson said that. Like, dude, like I love that quote because it's true. Yeah. I don't care how much you plan, dude. Like the moment you step in there. <laughs> Like some something you're gonna get punched somewhere. It's gonna <laughs> happen. Really, but like you know, in business world, you will, and you're gonna have to pivot, pivot instead of panicking. But you will panic, you know, at first. But at, later on, as you deal with issues, you're just gonna pivot so fast and adapt so fast. Kind of like what one and I did with Airbnb, getting you know, getting screwed by you know, with the pandemic, we develop, you know, we 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 switch on right away. What do we need to do next to make up with that what we lost? Flipping, found it in two weeks after them, and we just keep going from there. Love it, Juan. What do you think of that? How do you how do you how do you handle the pressure of something like that? Like when it's really struggling, when like you know maybe the world's ending or it feels like the world's ending, whether literally or figuratively. Yeah, I think my perspective on it now is that, you know, when you're feeling pressure, it's actually supposed to develop something in you. I think that most people just see it as, um, man, can I survive or how can I just get through this? But in reality, it's what is it going to develop in you, right? Because if you're going through pressure, and I think that this is one of the things that I think about when people ask me, like, what business should I start first? Mm -hmm. I think that you should start any business, right? And the reason why is not because of the specific business that you should start, but who you're going to become right? While building that business, because if you're successful and you develop the habits of becoming successful, decision-making, all of these different things in one business, you can actually go and implement it in another one and you'll have a better chance of success because you've developed now the habits that it takes in order to run a successful business or be able to make decisions quick, um, take risk, all 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 of these different things. 
I'm not saying obviously just go start whatever. What I am trying to say is that the pressure actually develops something in you that you later on have a, a different level of confidence of who you are. Because once you've gone through some pressure, now you know that, you know, actually, these are some, some of the mantras that I tell myself, like, when I'm going through something tough, um, and it's hard, this is actually literally what I say to myself, like, oh, cool, I do hard things. Nice. So I'm not surprised this is hard, because this is exactly my job. Like, my job is to do hard things. Right? I like that. Well, uh, you know, there's, I, I'm working a late night, right? I'll give you an example. Um, this Wednesday, uh, I was up at like six, you know what I mean? I had a bunch of meetings throughout the day. Um, actually, that was yesterday. Was yesterday Wednesday? Yes, that was yesterday. So I was up early, you know, um, uh, back late. I think I was on the phone with Kevin like at 10 p.m. I was like on my way home. So that was 6 a.m. to 10. I mean, it's like, I don't know, 16 plus hours, something like that. Right. But I actually never tell myself I'm tired. I love it. Literally, I don't say that out of my mouth. Like if you if you ever are around me, I'll never say I'm tired because I know that words are powerful. And it's not like to say that I don't get tired. It's just that I'll say things like, oh, I need rest. Right. But I won't say I'm tired or um, little things like that. Or if if it's like something that is a really painful thing to do. Right. Like it's it's pressure in the way where like it's hard work. Right. It's like the, the crappy work, you know, in 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 something. And I'll say to myself things like, oh, this is exactly why they're going to pay me, right? Millions of dollars. They won't pay the other person uh, that money because I'm willing to go through it. So I think it's like these little mantras that you get to develop by going through those moments of pressure. Um, but don't get me wrong. I mean, like when we were going through that, like it was restless nights, right? Like yeah. you lay in bed and you're just trying to think about how to figure it out. Um, and I don't think it ever changes. I think it just becomes bigger problems and you just have to come with bigger come up with bigger solutions but you were talking about i mean that i love that and i've thought about that so much is how powerful words are like how powerful the word of what you literally say becomes reality every single time i feel like like it, this is like another example with me when i was like starting with cold calling you know when it was the worst was when i said oh this sucks this is terrible this is so boring and then eventually i'm like you know what it's gonna be a great day i'm gonna get a deal this is fun this is fun. i just kept saying this is fun and it kind of became more fun just by saying this is fun which mm -hmm. i mean like that's that's an amazing little nugget for people i feel like you're having a tough time just say different words it's amazing how that literally changes your mood that she, I think it can change reality in a lot of ways. Like I, I think it does like what we say becomes reality. And I really like that. Like, I'm curious. So when the, is the mantra, like, is there any like specified program? Do you like say it a few times in your head or do you just say it once until you start calming down or what do you think? Man, for me, it's just different. I have so many little things like that that I that I've probably developed and say in my head. I, I think I'm kind of a little crazy. Um, I think I, you know, I'm I'm like super personal development though. Like I, I think I've been on the journey for like more than ten years now of reading books and like I've been to the Tony Robbins seminar. I've been to like Grant Cardo. I, like I've, I've, I'm I'm that guy, right? If there's yeah. personal growth events, if there's leadership books, like I, I'm all about that. So. I don't know if I like somehow brainwash myself to um, kind of make myself say these things or repeat these things. But for me, it works. Right. For me, it works. And I think that it's important because it's one of those things where you spend the most time with yourself. 
So if you're not encouraging and building yourself up, then no one else could, right? Because someone can say something to you during the day and that can be like a one minute interaction, but the rest of the 23 hours and rest of the day, right? You're with yourself. So mm. I think that that's like what's important is how do you develop a way of building yourself up and, you know, then you become that for other people. I love it. Kevin, how about you? Do you have any little meditations or anything like that to kind of calm you down when you're freaking out? Uh, Jim, okay. uh, I want to meditate. Uh, it's extremely hard for me. You meditate extremely hard? Is that what you said? No, no, no. It's extremely hard <laughs> for me to meditate. I'm having a Oh, okay. Time. I was just thinking yeah. about like, what does that even mean to meditate super hard? Just like intensely That's like, crazy, trying yeah. to focus on your breath? No, it's uh to me. It's like I think my biggest break is uh just heading to gym. Okay. Gym is like you know it just resets my head. How often do you go to gym? Uh, every day. Every day, nice. Do yeah. You, is it like before, is it like in the morning? What's uh, it's sporadic whenever I can. I break, okay. I break the clothes and stuff. But like even if I don't do much, even though I'm super sore, even though I'm super tired, I'll just go there. Even if I go to the sauna and do like two different sets of workout, that's still me going rather than you not going. Right? It's kind of like you know. Yeah, even if you don't do anything, uh, I, I still went. Uh, but yeah, I love it. I'll say I yeah. love it. That's a good one too. I mean, yeah, like that's a super important one. I'm trying to get more on that grind in the sense of like going to the gym every day instead of like I've been going every other day. And I've been doing the one for me is I started doing jujitsu, which has been super cool. Ooh, but yeah, there you go. That's a, <laughs> that's a fun one. Like 100% love it. So, okay. Juan, if you could go back to yourself the first time you started a business, I'm going to go that far back, which for you, that was, you were also like 18, right? When you started, yeah. I know Kevin said 18. Yep. I was 18. Like if you old. could go back to 18 year old Juan, what would you, what advice would you give him? Mm, that's, that's, I think I've thought about this question and I don't think I've ever come up with like a great answer. <laughs> um, there's no wrong answer. Yeah. I think I would just let him know, like, believe in yourself much faster. Mm -hmm. And because I think one of the hardest things uh, when I started, and I think that even now that I think that uh, is like the most impactful is like what you believe you can and cannot do, mm -hmm. right? Based off of all the limitations that you have or all the limitations that you grew up with or all the limitations that other people put on you or what people around you are doing of what's normal and what's possible. And I think that when I was starting, I was hungry and I just didn't really believe though. I didn't be really believe that I deserved it. I didn't believe that I was, you know, capable maybe like there was always this seed of doubt that it took me a long time to kind of grow out of. Um, yeah, later on for me, I found for myself, right, that it was more of like a way of growing stronger spiritually for me, uh, that kind of helped me get out of that, like that helped me, um, grow out of the, you know, like the whole, I deserve it, or I'm worthy, um, things like that. Okay. I gotcha. Sorry. So you said it was, it was through spirituality. Is that what you said? Uh, I think it's just uh, what I would tell myself was, you know, when I was 18, uh, what I would tell my younger self is believe much faster. Yeah, believe much faster and much bigger 
you know, sooner. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like, what do you, so where does that come from? Like when you were, when you were 18, what you, like you said, you said that um, you weren't like, you weren't thinking big enough, but like, it, what do you think might've happened if you had given yourself that advice? What, what do you think would have changed that would have helped? <clears throat> I think what you do, uh, my, my activity would have probably changed. I think that what I've noticed is a lot of people know the right, know all the right things to say. Um, they might even know the equation on how to do it. They might even um, have like the formula, as you would call it. And there's a lot of coaches nowadays, right? Coaching for like so many things. You go to trainings, you go to coaches, you go to events. And a lot of people have a formula, right, of what you should be doing. I think the reason why people don't go all in is because of something internal, right? It's something along the lines like, man, I don't believe I can be successful or I don't think that even if I do this, I would be effective. Or like you, right? Getting on a cold call and be like, dude, I'm calling this person, right? But I don't think I'm going to get a deal out of it, right? So I think, it, it you know what I mean? Like you're, you're doing yeah. the action, but you're not really believing that it's going to work for you. Right. Um, so that's what I mean, right? Like believing much faster, right? And, and, you know, thinking even bigger, faster, right? Like going bigger, faster. I love it. Kevin, how about you? What's the question again? So the question is like going back to your 18 year old self, like when you're just starting to get into business, not necessarily real estate, because I think you both were doing different things before that also. But like when you were just starting in business, just starting your first business, if you could tell yourself, like, what would you tell yourself in your current state to your 18 year old self or whatever, whatever age that was? It's a really good question. I think balance. Yeah, I think uh, ever since, you know, ever since I came here from, you know, from the Philippines, uh, all I thought about is uh, make money and work, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm hungry for money or like, right, you know. When you come from the Philippines, what age? Manila. Oh, like 14. 14. Okay. Yeah. So I started working at the age of 15, right? 15 and a half already, right? And uh, then I'm from there. Did three jobs at the age of 17, you know, like, but I think, uh, I think balance, the emotional peace of mind, right? Uh, I would tell the old, you know, I would tell the old Kevin, or from old Kevin to young Kevin to balance your life. Uh, it's not just all about work, 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 and work, and trying to figure out, you know, work, work, work. Explain uh, what do you mean by balance to people who might not know. Uh, so there's financial peace of mind and emotional peace of mind, right? Gotcha. So, and let's be real. All of us will be financially, we'll have that peace of mind financially. Let's be real, right? Doing what we're doing right now, right? Mm -hmm. But you can't really get that breakthrough and happiness in your life until you have that emotional peace of mind. I feel like emotional mm -hmm. peace of mind is more powerful than financial peace of mind. And in order to get the financial, the true financial peace of mind where you're happy, um, you need to balance it with emotional peace. Right. Of mind. What is emotional peace of mind? Balance with family, spending time with them, taking off from work and spending it with your loved ones. You know, like why are we doing all, all this? Point. What was yeah. the point of all of this? Yeah, let's be real. Like since I was like 15, all I fucking did is work. Like you know, like <laughs> I know everything about work. Like you know, like I work. I know what hard work is. I know what smart work is. I know this. I know that. Like, I know a lot of people doing work, but like, all I realize is like, I'm consumed with work. 
all my friends would tell me, take a break, take a break, take a break. I'm all like, no, you know, like, are you, are you, are you crazy? Like, I'm not going to take a break. I need to hit my goal, blah, 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 right? But little you know, what they're trying to say is like, shit, like, you need it. You need to balance your life. What's the point of working, right? What's the point of, work? you know, what's the point of making all this money, right? Or whatnot. It may be too late, you know? You know what they say, it's lonely on top, right? It's yeah. Late. And now yeah. I know what it means, you know, like, I mean, you know, like now I know what, what they meant. Right. Yeah. So I'm still learning that. I'm still learning that, of course, but it's gotten a lot better, I would say. Right. Yeah. A lot, I got a lot way better. Yeah. So that, that's what I would tell the young Kevin. Yeah. What do you, because this is something I've noticed just easily because especially I notice it because you know, the difference between somebody who was born in America versus somebody who immigrated here or even have the children of immigrants, but especially like the an immigrant, um, somebody who immigrated here, they're just 10 times harder working. What do you think that is? Where do you think that comes from? Um, I think living in a third world country, you see, I think shoot, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Jonah, fucking like you know, you know, we have a award. The next ceremony. Joe Rogan, dude, come on. We have man. an award ceremony after this. Like, we're gonna have to speak more and more till like 9 30, 10 o'clock. Like, dude, as long as you guys want to talk and as long as we got stuff to talk about, we'll keep going. That's the cool thing about it being my podcast. Yeah, uh, I'll answer that, Jonah. I'll answer that. Um, I'll answer that. So, uh, my parents are Chinese immigrants, they both immigrated from China, um, went to Mexico. Uh, that's why his is, name is Juan, guys. Even Correct. He's Asian. <laughs> Just FYI. I'm, I'm full Chinese with a name. Fun fact, that's not a native Chinese name. Yes, exactly. So I actually spent 10 years in Mexico. And you're 100% right. You're 100% right. I think that the reason for it is because they have something to compare it to. Mm. Um, when I was living in Mexico, uh, you know, I, I came to the U.S. when I was 10. Uh, I came to the U.S. when I was 10. However, um, I was still like going back and forth until I was 18, right? And you just see what true hard work is. I think uh, I think we had a we had we had a so I'm at the office right now, and I think one of the agents, uh, maybe it was even Kevin, <laughs> maybe it was Kevin. Like two days ago, he's like, "Oh man, like uh, I don't know." Someone said something along the lines like, "Oh man, we're working so hard," right? Um, I don't remember who it was, uh, but I think Kevin was in the room and, and I just laughed and I was like, this ain't hard, man. Like, dude, we're, <laughs> we're sitting here in front of a thousand dollar computer. Everyone got their cute little AirPods on. Like we're talking to people like this is not hard work, right? Hard work is man. Like the guy on the roof somewhere in the summer, you know, fixing someone's roof. Like that's hard work. Yeah. Right. Or the guy in the middle of the freeway, like doing construction, like, dude, that's hard work. Like, um, and I just, I don't know. I think it's just, you have something to compare it to, you know, truly like, like my parents, right. They, they didn't have a choice, but to work hard. Right. right. They came here, didn't know the language, opened a restaurant, worked super hard, uh, you know, open seven days a week, two days off out of the entire year. I saw them do that for 20 years. Like, man, like that's hard work. Like what hard. we do like what we do, you know, and, you know, we, we can do it in, in, in like in luxury in a way. I, I think that you have something to compare to. And I think that that really differentiates like people that 
come here and they're like, wow, like this is a, an incredible opportunity versus if you've grown there in the environment, you're like, man, like, why can't it be better? But you've never seen it any other way. Right. Right. Because if you're in the Philippines or you're in Mexico or you're in China, like it's so much harder to make money in comparison to America. I feel like this is something that I feel like a lot of Americans forget is that like I was in the Peace Corps, nothing like what you guys like where you guys actually grew up in third world countries. But I lived in a third world country for a while mm-hmm. um, in the sense like I lived in the Dominican Republic in like a really small village. And it's just like if you're in a small village with barely any internet, like, man, like there's just, you're just starting at a type of zero that is impossible in America. And like, I feel like at least from what I've like seen, because I've asked people who immigrants and uh, have families immigrated and they said things that are similar. It's just like you, like you have so much opportunity. How are you not going to take it in like America? So, yeah. So this was also something I want to ask you on. I don't, Kevin, I don't know if you're, are you part of the same church as Juan? I know Juan is like a leader now. So this is just something also I've noticed, especially with, I don't know if it's with entrepreneurship in general or if it's just real estate, but a lot of people are pretty religious and also do real estate, which I can give my theory of to why that is, but I'll start because I'm interviewing you guys is like Juan, how does, how does your faith relate to, your real estate business. Yeah, I mean, that's a I mean, that's actually tying into like what I shared earlier, right? Of, um, you know, some something along like me feeling worthy and me um, believing that I can. Um, Yeah, so I think that it's directly correlated. I think that one of the reasons why I am very uh, much committed to building my church and being super involved is because I'm growing spiritually and personally there to where I can ap- apply it into what I do for work. Right. So I'm, uh, I, I'm under the leadership pa- uh, of, of a pastor um, that is incredibly faithful. He moved here, uh, sold his house with three young girls and left his hometown with his wife and came to the Bay area to start a church. And 10 years later, uh, it's a church called Vive Church, and there are 10 locations now after 10 years, and they've built like such incredible leadership and just incredible following, right? To the point where that's true leadership to me, where you can take someone from a volunteer, right? Someone that chooses to be there and you help them produce something out of themselves. And you also, um, you know, get to to build the church or build what you want out of it. Like it's a win-win situation. So I think it goes direct in direct correlation to what I do, at least um, where I see the church building people, um, you know, focusing on leadership, different things like that. And I bring concepts from there to even, you know, building our real estate business. What concept have you brought from there? Um, It's I man, I could go on and on, but like one of the things is, it's so opposite, right? It's so opposite where like in the business world, it's all about like profits first, et cetera, right? Where at the church is people first, right? So if you actually put people ahead of profits, you'll eventually build something significant, right? 
and like putting relationships first or um, things like that. I mean, I could I could probably go for like a long like a long time talking about. We'll go this. on a little bit longer. I got a we got a little bit of time. Tell me. So people oh, first. Oh. When, <laughs> when we do people first, what does that mean? What does it mean to put people first versus profit first? Like if you are in uh, about to make a decision, right, and you feel like in your gut it's fair to do it one way because it's more advantageous for you, right? Um, you know, let's say, let's say I don't have a specific scenario, but based based on like pretty much in big picture is like when you make decisions, put people first before the deal or the transaction. Mm. Like I'd rather, this is my philosophy, I'd rather lose a little bit of money, right? However, retain the relationship rather than make a little bit more money and lose a relationship. Right. And I think a lot of the times in business, especially in real estate, it's a very cutthroat uh, kind of like industry where people lose sight of that, that they're so, uh, you know, into the deal and like what I've done and how much work I've put in, right? That sometimes they lose the sight of why we're really in it, right? Right. We're in it to, you know, help the family. We're in it to, um, you know, support each other, like, I'd rather walk away from it saying like, wow, like that was a very different way that that was handled compared to every single other business relationship I've had, because then that way I can actually um, live my life according to what I believe. I love it. I love it. Cool. So I'm going to bring it back to you, Kevin, for a second. So because I know you're, if even if you're not part of like his church or whatever, I know you're both on the same journey of personal development, right? Like I can, I can tell, I already know there's no way you're building these companies unless you as a human being are able to progress yourself and like um, be able to make the next step so that not only is it better for you, but you're able to actually lead people. So I'm going to bring it to you because I know you're, you're, like when you're, you do this really well, what does, to you, what makes somebody a good leader versus an okay leader? Sorry if you hear background, because uh, we have to leave uh, pretty soon for uh, the ceremony. Okay. Yeah. You, yeah. Got, you got 15 more minutes? No, I don't. Sorry. Okay. Maybe like five. Is that okay? All right. Let's do it. Yeah. 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 Because one has to go to, yes. And I don't think he's not even dressed up yet. Okay, no worries. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, I think great people is... Uh... All right. It sounds a little bit cliche, but hear me out on this. I think a good leader knows their, your, their own strengths and weaknesses. Okay. But a great leader knows everyone's strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think that. that's, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I, I've been trying to figure out how to explain things. Like, I feel like we, there's so much things that we know, but it's very hard to vocalize. Very it. hard to, yes, to vocal something in a very most efficient and fastest way. Like somebody can just explain it, explain it, explain it. And somebody can just say like one quote. that's like, okay, that's what it means. Yeah. <laughs> but I think in a grand scheme, like that's basically what, what it is. Uh, Meaning that, you know, to be a great leader, you got to know where everyone, 
you got to know everyone's like, you know, what they like to do, what their strengths is, what their goal, whatever, like whatever they, they want to achieve in life and whatever seat that they want to be at and you position them there. Hmm. That's what a great leader is. And that's why, you know, uh, a lot of trials and errors, co-founding many companies and, you know, yeah. Uh, I hope that explains it a little bit. No, uh, it does. It does. I really like uh, it. I mean, it's something, these are just, I ask the questions that I'm thinking about right now because I'm starting to build out my team, right? And like being yeah. like, okay, how do I provide resources for them? How do I become a better man so that they're able to get what they need from me in order to make this business like work forward? So no, it makes a lot of sense. I really like that answer 100%. Thank you. Um, Another thing too is... Uh... Once you're in business long enough of recruiting and like building teams, building companies, it takes less than a minute to, to know if somebody has uh, what you're looking for. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Just you, you know. can just tell immediately, like, that's a salesperson, that's an admin, like that yeah. type of stuff. Yeah, something like that, or somebody that, you know, that could contribute, or somebody like, oh, wow, you know, like, you know what they say, right? Uh, you got to sponsor your weakness. Gotcha. I like it. I mean, it's like bring your weakness, right? If you don't want to do something like in a company, but it's needed, bring somebody who's good at it, right? Right. I mean, that's what Steve Jobs did, right? Yeah. You know? 100%. Uh, yeah. He just brought on the right people in the right seat in the right spot. That's how a company was built. Right. He's called a genius, but he's not the full, he's not the brains. <laughs> I love it. He's, a, he's just a visionary. Uh, exactly. So if you guys, if you guys have to go, then this is going to be my final question is yeah. um, what you would say. I mean, this is similar. This might be the same answer. And if you tell me it's the same answer, I'll just ask a different question. But because I get, I know there are guys, there's got to be like 18 year old guys or guys who are like really thinking about going into this, who are hungry, but they're like scared of what's going to happen and like what's going to happen to them. And I'm curious, would you just say the same thing you'd say to your 18-year-old self? I guess it would be the same thing, right? Basically. Like if like a young kid comes to you and is like, hey, um, you know, I don't, I really am interested in this, but I'm really afraid of failure. You know what? Here's a better question. This is going to be my last question. Do you guys have any fears you think you have right now that might be holding you back at all? Or any mindset issues you can think of? Currently? Fears? Yeah. You can say no. I like, I just like, <laughs> I can't think of anything at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because for me, like what I'm getting to now is I'm starting to get a little bit, I'm, I get to, I'm starting to get a little bit of fear of that success of like being like, okay, I know I'm going to be successful, but like, am I going to be able to handle it? Am I going to like become an a-hole and like just start buying jets and popping bottles with girls and stuff like that, you know, right? Like like in the sense of like what I would might become if I become successful, it's okay. I'm just curious if you guys have any still, if you don't, you don't have to worry about this question. I got one, I got another one too. Yeah, I could share. Um, you know, in regards to what you just mentioned there, Jonah, I think I could relate. Uh, I, I think what I found, though, is like, you are who you are with money or without money, right? Like, you already are who you are as a, you know, who you are as a person, your character and everything. Money just amplifies it. So if you're a good person, you have money, you're just be gonna, you're just gonna be a good person in a greater level. If you're a douchebag, and like, you're, you know, a bad person and like you do bad things, 
you add money to it and you just amplify that. Right. So I don't think money really changes people. It amplifies who they really are. Um, but a fear, I think that I, I don't know if it's a fear, but I think that's something that kind of doesn't help me, but helps me as well is the idea that my parents are getting older. Mm -hmm. I think that is a big challenge for me because although I know that it takes patience for success and all these different things, there's so many things that I want to do for them and that I want to have them see me accomplish and, you know, being able to uh, provide for them in different ways that to me, it almost feels like, like the time is ticking in a way and then I'm not getting there fast enough. It's like, um, it's like a battle, right. Of like what drives me, but at the same time is something that is, uh, you know what I mean? Like I, I, when I rest, right. I don't rest easy because I'm like, okay, like, I, I don't know if that's a fear, but it's more of a, something motivator. That I, yeah, it's a motivator, but at the same time, somewhat of a fear. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's that pressure. I got mm -hmm. it. So mm -hmm. I'm going to let you guys go because you guys obviously have something to do, but before I do favorite mindset book for the for the audience what's your guys favorite mindset book mindset or just book overall we can do book overall extra uh, bonus points if it's a mindset uh, definitely traction traction shit man that thing traction i don't know if i've heard of that one i'll write that Yo, down that is like god dude that thing is crazy actually like it's uh I don't know who I, I I don't understand how people create really good books, but that one really spoke to me. How about you you traction and mastered traction? Well, it's hindsight, right? But I'm just saying, if I was like, you know, if I were to tell an 18-year-old Kevin to read traction and master traction, I think what is it about? It's how to grip get a grip in your business, right? That's what they say, right? Uh it's basically like putting people in the right seats, you know, teaching about like if this person is right for you or not. And it is uh just understanding like how business works like like how to build companies like how to like i don't know man one will be able to explain like we're actually reading it together uh we, we have yeah. this we do at our office where we do a book club and oh, we nice. meet once a week and we kind of chat through um yeah. chapters but um but yeah it's pretty much a scaling a business um yeah all the things that you need in order to scale like a full on operations. Um, and yeah, it, that's a, that's a super solid one, man. I don't think I have a favorite one, bro. Um, I'm going to give you a few uh, that have, I feel like I've taken the most out of um, rich and rich. I poured out was a first book that changed my perspective that I needed to learn more. There was so much more out there. Um, and I did that. I didn't want to commit my life to, a nine to five or working a job. Um, Think and Grow Rich was great for like general uh, mindset. I mean, they say it's created the most millionaires. Um, how to win friends and influence people on classics. like these are the classics. Getting to know people, uh, talking to people. Uh, one that was recommended me to me um, by a very successful uh, president of a company was Crucial Conversations. On What's that about? Uh, pretty much about how to manage a conversation when it's a lot of high stakes involved. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a really, really good book about like even how to communicate in a really high intense scenario. 
Um, I have so many, man. Like John Maxwell, I have a bunch. Like, dude, like I, I it's, it's that's actually, yeah. If you go to my house, I, that's probably like got a library. I, yeah, that's what I spent the most money on. Like, I'm not even, not even kidding. So, um, yeah. Love it. Yeah, I gotta get going. All right, guys. So where should they follow you? Where do the people follow you? What are you promoting? What what are we selling? What do you this is like your chance to leave them with something? Follow you on Instagram. What are we doing? What are we how do the people reach you if they want to get in contact? Or do you not want them to be uh, in contact with you ever? Reach out on uh, the Bay Area Realtor. That's my Instagram tag. Thank you, right. everyone. At the Bay Area Realtor. Yeah. Yep. And then mine is at Ruan, which is my last name, R-U-A-N dot dynasty. Um, that's my username on Instagram. I'm mainly most active on there for social media. Okay, great. So hit them up on Instagram, spam the hell out of them just because I think it would be funny. No, I'm kidding. Hit them up. If like they, you like, you know, have questions, follow them. They have really cool content. Kevin's doing some good TikToks. I've been watching them. Um, <laughs> they're good. They're good, dude. I love them. Um, guys, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for coming on the podcast. That is Episode 8, fam. We're out. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, guys.